Hey sister, Cassie Little here to welcome you to your sorority journey, a podcast for sisters to find guidance and confidence in any season of their membership. Our rockstar guests and I have intentional conversations, discuss unpopular topics, and provide relevant encouragement to be an extension of your sisterhood. So thanks for inviting us on your journey. Are you ready to dive in? I'm so thrilled to have you join us on the Your Story Journey podcast to talk all things officer elections and upcoming transitions in such a timely time of year. Yes, thank you so much for having me again. I apologize for all of the things that occurred to get me on this call, oh. but you know, we push through no matter what. <laughs> you know what's wild is like somehow even through like the 18 months that we had the opportunity to become like tech gurus, like technology still fails us, right? Like we still can't like access a microphone or whatever. Um, (laughs) just humility as we're going to talk about today, right? Like it just humbles you. Um, for those listening that haven't met Lynn before, she's the founder of Sorority Social Media. She is a fraternity and sorority life advisor at University of Missouri, Kansas City. Yeah. Yes. And she is a friend of her sorority journey in all of the ways. And so I invited her on to be a guest on this series so that you could hear another perspective from someone who has heard all things leadership in her time, both as an officer herself and working in the field. So Lynn, we are in episode two of the series, Quit the Campaign. When sorority campaigning for an officer position comes to mind, like, Do you have any memories or like word associations that come to mind? Oh, I just remember. So I ran for a chapter president. I ran unopposed. So I didn't really have to do much campaigning, but I do remember that I still wanted to present myself in a really good manner. And I actually couldn't even be at the election because I had a choir concert. So I literally had to write my whole speech and then have the former president read it on my behalf. But I mean, thankfully I was, was running unopposed. So I didn't have any worries there, but I think if I had to pick a word that associated with campaigning, I would say, I don't know why this word comes to mind, but drama comes to mind. Mm, Yeah, that's a good word. I, uh, (laughs) yeah, I also, I didn't run unopposed, but I was the only, um, member of the previous executive council that was running for president the next year. Mm. And so a couple members of exec had reached out to me and I was eventually slated. Um, but I remember not wanting to tell anyone. I remember wanting to keep it like a super like quiet thing. Um, yeah. And I, I remember telling one of my really good friends at Founders Day and then a couple people just kind of like putting two and two together. Like, oh, Cassie is probably the only member of exec running for president. Do we want her to be president or do we have to like find someone else in the chapter? And I remember we had a mm-hmm. philanthropy event the weekend before our philanthropy event was like the couple days before elections. And I remember hearing through the grapevine people um, talking about like my flaws or my weaknesses for president. And I hadn't, I hadn't been loud about it. I hadn't even put myself out there. And I was like, I'm not prepared for this. Like, I don't want people critiquing me. I've been panelinic delegate for the past year and I've been doing a great job, you know? Um, yeah, putting yourself out there for leadership positions is super vulnerable and it is, um, 
it does create this opportunity for members in your chapter to assess who would be the best fit for something, which is why I think we naturally want to campaign. I've talked to a lot of women, especially this season, as things are becoming more normal. You and I were just talking before we hit record about the wild transition our students have gone through this year from a hundred percent virtual or like 75% virtual to a hundred percent in person. And Mm -hmm. as a product of that, I'm sure there's lots of members in their chapters saying like, oh, we should have done philanthropy this way. I want to be that position to make it happen. Or we should be doing sisterhood this way. I want to be in the position to make that happen. And Mm -hmm. so I'm sure it feels natural for our members to like, want to like shout their ideas and innovation and strengths from the rooftops to put themselves in their position. But what are your thoughts on like any byproduct? Obviously this episode is called quit the campaign. So what are your thoughts on like byproducts of those actions? Yeah. And I think why I said drama was because I think it creates a lot of this toxicity of, you know, we're, evaluating people in a really harsh way like you said people were pointing out your flaws rather than looking at what could this person bring to this position what ideas do they have we always want to focus on the negative and I think it creates this unsisterly competition between people when ultimately everyone who's running for a position is doing so because they want to better the chapter. And I think that when it becomes a competition for a position rather than a competition or an election to find the best people to make change, to grow the organization, I'm, I question, you know, are you running for the position to better your organization or are you running the, for the position to have the title? And so I think that that's a lot of where I see that drama come in and where I see a lot of that toxicity in the election process specifically. Yeah. And we, this builds off so well, what we talked about in our previous episode around knowing your why, right? Are you doing this for a seat on exec, for a seat in the inner circle to be in the know and make big decisions? Or are you like passionate about that role And more than that role and more than those responsibilities, are you passionate about the chapter growing in the direction that you want it to, that you would be willing to serve any position, even if that is one of being a committee member? Like, are you willing to do anything it takes to put yourself in that role? And truthfully, I don't think that campaigning for your position and prioritizing sisterhood in elections can coexist. Because I think that when you are, pushing your agenda, while it could be an amazing agenda, while it could be the agenda your chapter totally needs, you are unfortunately automatically tearing down the other sisters and their capabilities and their passion even for that role as well. And you're removing the trust that we all say and swear in to have for our organization to make the right decision in elections, right? Because if you were trying to sway friend groups or new member classes to vote for you, then you aren't allowing them to think critically of the options in front of them. Right. And make their own decision. Like every sister should have their, they do have their own opinion. They should get to make an educated decision about who they want to serve in that role. And I, like I said, I don't think that, I mean, it matters, yes, but ultimately we have to trust what the chapter thinks and what yeah. also the chapter is ready for. 
I think a lot of times we think Ooh, these that's really good. big, these really big ideas, but also is the chapter ready to do those big things or do we need to take small steps in order to get there? And maybe the person running against you understands that and knows that it takes, you know, little by little to make those big changes. Yeah. And truthfully, I think, um, there could be some people listening who are like, yeah, but Cass, Lynn, you don't understand. Like I would never be considered if I didn't like do my own door to door (laughs) of the sorority house initiatives to help people know about me, to help people see me, to help people understand why I care about this so much. Um, maybe they're assuming that it's a popularity contest based on whatever, criteria exists for popularity or status in your chapter, what would you say to someone who is worried about elections being dominated by who's the most well-known or the most popular in the chapter? I mean, I think that's a valid concern. Unfortunately, I think that a lot of elections do fall in that way. Or at least specific positions. Yeah. Specific positions like president or recruitment or things. Yep. Yeah, go towards popularity. But I think that you have to come into the election, into the interview, however your organization does it. One, confident in yourself and your abilities. And two, in the ideas that you have and being able to lay those out very clearly and strategically of what your goals are. And if you come into that with confidence, people are going to recognize that and want to follow someone who's confident in their abilities and their ideas. Yeah. And I, I hope for our listeners, what you don't hear Lynn and I say is that we want you to like lose your confidence, to lose your passion, to lose your, like, I, I even like boldness about what you have to offer. Like, hold on yeah, to that. Be, that is yeah, be, proud. be bold, be, be proud, be confident but hold those attributes for wherever the chapter puts you. I think that's what, that's what it boils down to, right? Is it's so much less about our agenda than it is about the chapters. Because when we join an organization of members, like an exclusive organization, these are invite only, we are entrusting that we are aligned with one another enough that 50 plus one of us are going to make we have to trust the decisions of like 50 plus one, right? Because if over half yeah. of the membership body that you associate with believes in that member's skills, abilities, talents to have that position, she's probably the one that's best fit for it, right? Same right. thing goes right. with bylaw changes or expulsions or suspensions, whatever. Like, I think those things exist far beyond just elections. It's just like the concept of voting in general in a sorority. Um, but yeah, I just like think back to, we were just talking about like being confident. And I think sometimes what I don't want to get lost is I don't think I was like super confident when I was just like scared of like hearing what people had to say negatively about me. But I think sometimes we can really remove the, um, the personal nature of elections and like feeling like personally taken back by it. When we look at like skill sets and strengths, because each one of us bring different strengths to the chapter, bring different strengths to projects and organizations and initiatives of the greater vision. And so when we look at it as like, Hey, I noticed that this position needs these skills and I'm going to like articulate 
the ways I've used these skills or how my strengths like connect into this position, then it doesn't feel like so personal when it's like, well, you weren't good enough. It's like, no, we actually just like needed a different like skills match, but your skills are really well suited for a different role. That's just as, as important. It's just a different place for you. Yeah. And I remember the first time that I ran for exec, it was right after my new member period. I wanted Mm. to run for new member educator. I I remember getting up on the stage, having to read the speech. I was like so nervous. I'm shaking, not confident in myself because I mean, there's 70 women staring at me that I all, you know, I want to be like them. I want to help grow this chapter. And I wasn't elected for the position. Someone else who was older than me was. Uh, but they were like, hey, we want you to serve as assistant new member educator. And we also want you to serve on this committee and this committee because I just needed more time. I'd only been in the, in the chapter for a semester. So they wanted me to be able to grow. And guess what? I took on those committee positions. I took on assistant new member educator. Someone quit from the exec board, dropped out of their position. They were like, Lynn, we want you to serve in this role and step up to exec in the middle of the year. And then right after that, I became chapter president because they saw that I was willing to step in during the hard times and pick up things when they were, you know, thrown on the ground. So I think that it may be, you would just need more time and that they need you elsewhere. And I don't think that's that's a bad thing. What's so good about what you talked about, like in your own personal story is I would say my, and you can disagree with me if you want. I think that there's one kind of campaigning allowed and that is by action, right? And I think it starts when you get initiated. Like, I think you start your campaign to be a leader in the chapter as soon as you're initiated. What do you show up to? Who do you reach out to? How are you there when people need you, but also like willing to set boundaries to like protect your mental health, your academic or personal priorities? The way you live and show up in the chapter demonstrates your leadership skills and you don't need a title to like model the way for that. Right. And this is tying in extremely well to next week's episode on Titleist leadership. But I just wanted to touch on that because your story is so exemplary of that, right? You weren't elected, but you assumed the role of being a leader, regardless of the outcome of elections and found yourself in a role that was, I mean, even more like prestigious, if you will, than you we're running for. And I don't think that there's a hierarchy of positions or anything like that, but for someone who's looking at it with that perspective, right? Like you went somewhere that you weren't even expecting through rejection and actually redirection. Yeah. And that's, so it was, the position was vice president of campus affairs. So it was all philanthropy and event planning, which turned out to be the perfect position for me because I'm very organized, very detailed. (laughs) Like it was like, I love event planning and I served, you know, after graduation, the philanthropy advisor, like that really was the perfect position for me. I think if I would have been new member ed, I probably wouldn't liked it as much as I thought I would have, but because it's such a popular position, I really was drawn towards that rather than something that is really behind the scenes and really takes a lot of effort and initiative and organization, which was totally up my alley. Um, I wanted to ask you something. Uh, what do you think about when people say, I'm going to run for a position because I don't want that person to be elected? Ooh. 
Yeah, that's that's pretty tough. And I, what I what I'll know about this on the outside because you've been talking about like speeches that you did in your elections, and um, my process in my organization was pretty hands off, right? So um, you like submitted a letter of intent in a slating committee, um, came up with the like ideal slate for the chapter, and then you could like vote against it, vote off, run off the floor. Right. Um, but like some people do interviews, right? Every organization has a different process, but there's a process. Every single organization, regardless of which organization you identify with that you are listening, um, who, for who's listening, I, I want you to hear that there's a process that has been thought out and is intentional to put the right leader, the right person in a role. You don't need to be your chapter's savior, right? You don't need to be like your chapter's hero. Um, I've heard people, I have heard people say, if I'm not chapter president, I don't know who would be. That's a really bad reason to be chapter president. I'm just gonna put that out there. And if that yeah. offends people, I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. But like, that's a really bad reason to be chapter president because you are gonna be burnt out. You're gonna be exhausted. Yeah. You are gonna be yes. really bitter. I bet that you'll leave your... Uh, end of your term resentful, not to be harsh, but yeah, there has to be a passion, a desire to get you through some of the really hard and challenging moments of any position that you might be running for. That's not exclusive to precedent. And so if you don't have it in your heart or even like, even if you don't see your skills aligned with that position, I would really encourage you to trust the process. We hate that term or that <laughs> phrase in recruitment. Um, we probably yeah. do in um, elections too, but I, this really goes back to trusting the organization that you said yes to being a member of all the way through your new member period that you got elected into. Worst case scenario, that sister, you don't have to be best friends with every sister, but your sisters, right? So you have to find mm -hmm. some common ground with them. You don't have to be best friends, right? Um, and I think what's really important to know is even if that like unideal sister for that position gets elected, you are going to learn something from her in that role, or she is going to learn something from accepting that role and going through whatever comes her way. It's really important right. to know that like, this isn't life or death. This is professional development. This is preparing for the real world. People get jobs they shouldn't get all the time. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think you have to trust that the process, if it's a slating committee, if it's, um, a personnel chair who like works through the interview process, if it's advisors, which it shouldn't be too heavily advisors, but if it's your chapter voting off the floor, they're going to make the best decision for the chapter and I would actually encourage you, instead of running against her, to support her. If she gets elected, yeah. what would it look like for you to show up to her committee meetings, for you to show up early to her events and support her as the person who thought that she would fail the most? Right. When I think too, like, and we've talked about this before, is, you know, when you're campaigning against someone else, if you're going to run 
for against someone because you don't think that they're fit to serve in, in that position. I question your ability to be an unbiased person in your role, because whether you're a president, whether you're recruitment, whatever position you are, you have to look at the chapter holistically. Yeah. And I would really worry that, you know, if you're going to be that person, are you going to spend your executive board meeting talking badly about your sisters, creating... Yeah a toxic environment within the executive board, because I've been a part of executive boards like that. And it is really not fun to just hear trash talk all of the time. And rather than, you know, finding solutions and looking at the positive, it's always negative, negative, negative. And that, however, the executive board culture is that stems out to the chapter. I think we both, yeah. Have lived that for sure. Well, and I, and I think Lynn, like really going off of that, um, every position on an executive board, every director position has to be unbiased. I mean, we're all like naturally biased, but we have to put those biases aside when we are like in our role, right? Like maybe a sister hurt you. You don't need to like go out with her. You don't need to like get dinner with her after chapter, but you have to be looking out for her best interest just as much as your little or like whoever your closest Mm -hmm. sister is in the chapter when you are on standards, when you are um, managing finances, collecting dues, right? You have a responsibility to look out for the best interest of the chapter holistically, just like you were saying. And so- I think not only would I encourage you to actually support the women that you are like that you are worried about getting elected, but if you're Mm -hmm. not elected, like thinking through how in your just like regular membership experience, you are extending bias toward your sisters. Like how can you really take that step to prioritize sisterhood outside of election season? which is a big ask. I, I hear that that's probably a big ask. Um, yeah. But this is a, a really pivotal election year for sorority women, I think, given the massive undertaking that we have gone through from virtual back to in-person. And so we need strong, yeah. we need strong leaders more than ever. But I think more than strong leaders, we need supportive chapters. We need supportive members who are going to rally alongside the sisters they run against, the sisters um, who aren't elected, right? We need compassionate, empowered members of our chapters right now. Yeah, because I think right now, at least what I see is there's a lot of complain, complain, complain. And so I'm like, well, I hope to see a lot of applications come through <laughs> for roles because it's just going to be people constantly. Yeah. Know, that's so funny. Yeah. Complaining yeah. about the events, you know, I'm like, okay, well then I hope that you really step up and want to be either a part of the executive board, serve in an appointed position, <laughs> serve on a committee because yeah. your negativity is not helping in any yeah. way. Totally. So I will that's so good. To see how people's people's elections run and if those people that are always in the back you know being critical and I think it's okay to be critical I think executive boards need feedback they should listen to feedback but I also think that if you're not willing to bring forth solutions to your criticism then how is that helping or supporting your organization which is kind of like what I think kind of going back to something you and I have talked about lately the TikTok I posted a few weeks ago around like a leader, like being bombarded by 
complaining members of their chapter, like at some point you just gotta be like, Hey, like, trust me, I've got this. I'm going to take care of it. And that's like, not what the vast majority of sorority women wanted to hear. Right. I mean, jury's still out. Like people are loud in the comments, but people are louder when they follow, I think. And we probably got like, yeah three times as many follows as we did like hate comments on that post, but, um, conversation for another time. But I, what I think is really interesting about that, right. Is a widely shared experience is a lack of trust with leadership. And so how can we change that? How can you, and we don't like this term. We don't like having to take ownership, but at the end of the day, this is a invite only organization that you have accepted membership into. If you don't want to take ownership of the role you play in that, you probably shouldn't be in the chapter. And so how can you really take ownership of the role you play in elections? If that's just voting, if that's running for a position yourself, being a solution, like we talked about, um, Mm -hmm. or if that's as simple as like making really intentional votes for the women that you are voting on and being supportive, regardless of the outcome, knowing that you are a part of a voting body and 50 plus one wins, right? So trusting that 50% of your chapter, that they are looking out for the best interests of the chapter holistically. Yeah. And to go back to your TikTok, I thought what was really interesting when I was like looking through the comments is because you were liking the comments, you know, whether it was supporting you or against you and people are like, why are you liking this, this or yeah. something? And you're like, because it's a conversation that it needs to be had. Like yeah. also in elections, like you can play a role by just communicating with the chapter, you know, and talking about what do we need in leadership? What do we mm-hmm. want to see moving forward and really analyzing those you know, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, all of that before elections. Yeah. So that's something that we typically do afterward. But I always wonder why do we not talk about that before when we're talking when we're thinking about what do we need in leadership? Mm-hmm. Like that should be a conversation that's had. And I thought that that was interesting that people in your, you know, on your TikTok yeah. weren't wanting to have that conversation. They just wanted to be critical or, you know, there wasn't really wanting to yeah. come to the middle yeah. and talk about, you know, the root cause of you know, the issue. Yeah. So good. You know, like Sarah and I had this conversation on the podcast last week about, um, the discrepancy between people who want to complain versus people who want to have a conversation. We were talking about like shifting, like, like sifting through negative comments on social media, right. Of like, you're the problem. You're annoying. Sarah was talking about people like talking about her teeth weird. Right. I got some people tell me that her story journey is a sham, whatever, like all these things. And then you have the ones who are like, Hey, like this was the attitude that made me like, feel like I needed to withdraw, or this was the attitude. Um, if my leaders had had this attitude, I would have withdrawn or like some more critical, like, I don't feel hurt. I don't feel validated. Right. Like there is a middle ground there. And I think what we I think what we have to do is we have to seek out the people throughout sorority elections who are willing to have conversations, who are willing to give feedback versus just make noise. There's enough noise in the world. We don't need to defend ourselves. If you're running for a position, you do not need to defend yourself to people who are not willing to listen. And I urge you to find the people that disagree with you, but want to talk about it, want to have conversations and talk through your things that you care about, maybe this is an okay part of campaigning too, right? Like if you have beliefs about things that differ from others, get some common ground, maybe with the the officer who went before you, um, who held that position before you, or 
other women in the chapter who you've heard just like complain and vent. And if you don't align with their solution, talk through both sides. Again, you may not even get elected to be able to make those decisions, but if you do, you will go into that position with such a more open mind and Truthfully, when I started getting right. those comments, I was so excited to have a conversation about it. I was so excited to talk about why members are disengaged, what leaders can do to change that. And as soon as I tried, I just got another couple hundred hate comments, you know? And so right. you just got to right. find the people who want to have the conversations and not waste your breath with people who are just going to tell you your teeth look weird. <laughs> right. When I think, you know. Feedback is such a hard thing because like you said, there's a difference between noise and actual feedback and being a leader, being someone on an executive board, even being someone in a director position, you have to be ready for feedback yeah. um, and also give feedback as well to your yeah. team members if they're not, if they're not living up to your expectations and your standards. But I think even in that, now that I'm saying that as someone who's running for a position, you need to be clear what your expectations are for your chapter members for yourself. Like, what do you expect to yeah. come out of like my, you know, for example, I'm running for president. What should the chapter expect from me as a president? What yeah. will I expect from you? Because then all of that is super clear up front and there are no surprises. I mean, there's going to be surprises along the way. We yeah. all know that we all know the shit hits the fan sometimes. Yeah. Excuse my language. But, you know, I think that trying to be, as upfront as you can in your speech, in your application, however yeah. you do it, like people are, people want to know what they're going to get from you. Yeah. So good. So I think like major takeaways, right? Like last, last episode, we talked about really knowing your why reflecting, um, seeing where you want the chapter to go and being open to different positions that can get you there. And then today we really just want to urge you to quit campaigning so that you can prioritize sisterhood through this process and ultimately trust your chapter and cultivate loyalty to your organization through the process. Lynn, is there anything else you want to highlight from our conversation as we close? Oh, I think again, just being confident in yourself and being yes. confident in the people that you surround yourself with, which is your sisters. They're going to elect the people that are going to advance the organization and you're going to play a role in that no matter what, whether that's on the executive board in a committee position or as a general member supporting those executive board officers, you play a role and you get to choose, you know, whether the organization will grow or whether it will be one full of noise. Mm, so good. Lynn, thank you so much for joining us on our of officer course. elections and transition series. Um, I'm sure that we'll be doing much more with sorority social media as we end out the year and in the coming one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I cannot believe that it's almost November. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Lynn. Like I, yeah. All right. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Your Sorority Journey podcast this week. If this episode left you with any guidance or confidence to navigate your sorority membership, we would love to hear from you. Share a screenshot of this episode on your Instagram story and tag Her Sorority Journey so we can know what resonated with you. Also, be sure to leave a review wherever you listen so more sister friends can find this guidance just like you. Here for you always, sister. 